Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. All righty. Well, welcome back to Fantasy Insanity. Um, I am John Bosch, your host. Still made it all the way to a second week, so <laughs> that's good. Um, as I stated in the first one, you know, I, I do enjoy my redraft leagues, but I started this podcast basically to kind of uh, – talk about fantasy football, how it takes, how it's, how it can go beyond just a standard redraft league. While those are fun and they do have their place, um, I have definitely jumped into full-on insane fantasy football. And as I did that, I have found many, many, many others that have uh, done the same. So I continue to hope to bring you uh, more people to talk about that. The guest that I'm bringing on tonight is someone who actually takes us backwards. Uh, Definitely backwards. So as I started looking for names on people to talk to, came across this guy uh, several times from several different areas. And every time thought, oh, that, you know, that's pretty interesting. Finally went ahead and touched base with him. He, he sent me his ebook. I read it. I highly recommend it. It is hilarious. And I felt like I was reading something like it took me back for sure. It was great. Uh, it's heartbreak, both reality and fantasy. There's uh, some arrogant jerk who uh, definitely gets what's coming to him. <laughs> and then eventually uh, eventually a Phoenix moment, So, uh, which that could very well be Phoenix, the football team, based on the time period. So uh, tonight's guest, uh, he's a writer for Gridiron, senior writer for Gridiron Experts. He hosts the Gridiron Experts Fantasy Factor podcast. I believe you won an award for the most accurate fantasy writer or a fantasy expert. Is that correct? Oh yeah. Way back, all the way back in <laughs> 2012. Alrighty. And he has commissioned many, many years, many, many, I, I would do my best not to date him, but as you will see from our discussion, there's no way that uh, I can avoid that. And I'm also not far behind him. My first mm. year in fantasy football was year one for fantasy football on the internet. So I just missed the cutoff of the discussion that we're about to get into. So uh, tonight I bring on Jody Smith. I really do appreciate him taking the time to join me. Uh, his story is great. I hope you all enjoy it. My first question, <laughs> which may shock some, but Jody, how long have you been playing fantasy football? Well, I'll first, uh, let me say thanks for having me on, man. Uh, it's always a pleasure to come on and, uh, you know, talk about things like this, to get back to, to relate to things that, that most listeners have no clue even existed before the internet and all that. And also a shout out to all the the people who recommended me. I mean, maybe that's good, maybe that's bad, but it's nice to know that, that people know that I've been doing this a long time. But to answer your question, uh, 2016 will be my 26th season as a uh, fantasy football commissioner and uh it, it's still plugging along in the elvis football league that we founded way back in 1991 when we uh just entered high school so yeah like you said it's hard not to age me when you do a little math there but uh like i said you know we we created this league and we've managed to keep it going all this time and uh you know we've all put on a lot uh, you know lost some Lost some hair and, and uh, put on some weight over the years, but you know what? The league just kept uh, kept 
plugging right along. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm really excited to, to enter this year and take back last year because it wasn't the best year for me. <laughs> yeah, my kids, per, they can't get in a car and go on a 15-minute car ride without saying, uh, can you turn the Wi-Fi on? So Ugh. I am extremely interested in what fantasy football was back in the day. So, uh, you know, before we get to that, though, they, when, when I was reading your book, definitely came across uh, a very familiar story that I want to just touch on a little bit before we go sure. into the story of your league, Tecmo Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this was, I grew up playing that game. This was get out of school, hop on our bikes. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Head over to our friend's house, just hop on hop on our bikes. I now feel, I feel like I sound old by saying that, which is terrible. But and It's so sad these days that kids <laughs> don't enjoy bikes. I mean, that was like, a, that, that was like, uh, money back then you had to have a bike you knew every kid in the neighborhood's bike and that was that was everything and without a bike you couldn't do anything it's just oh if, if yours broke you hopped on the pegs of your friends and rode yep. on their back that's yep. how you got around so <laughs> but uh every day we went over we played super tecmo bowl so i i gotta ask who who was your favorite super or tecmo super bowl team oh well back then it was fun to be uh you know if you liked the running the ball you wanted to go with the lions you could have detroit i mean you could you know you could have barry sanders back there personally they skewed towards the teams that were good back then so it was san francisco was really good in that game and my personal favorite was uh buffalo because you had uh, jim kelly back there he may be qb bills in that game i'm not mm -hmm. positive maybe one of the couple of guys that didn't sign the deal with the uh way back with the quarterback club that's that's how far that goes but Thurman Thomas was awesome, and you had Andre Reid. He was a great receiver. And if I'm not mistaken, James Lofton lined up on the outside. But, yeah, like we brought up in, 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 in my, in my e-book, uh, you know, Tecmo Super Bowl, uh, that was just a mind-blowing game back then because all of the Nintendo uh, games that were out then were very generic. They just had a bunch of made-up imaginary digital players that all looked the same. And then this game came out of nowhere that had real stats – hundreds of real players and the most amazing part was it allowed you to have a season and it saved your progress and it saved your stats that was just monumental back to all the kids that have grown up with madden these days don't understand just how phenomenal that was back then and again you know i wrote about this in my ebook um there was uh you know this video game store down the street and you know, it was a battle every Friday to go rent that thing for the three-day weekend and try to get a season or two done. And, of course, knowing how meticulous I am with numbers and stats and notebooks, which I still have 20-something years later, um, we would amazing. write – as soon as we finished the seasons, we would um, – you know, write down all these stats. So we actually kept track of a whole career thing. Like one notebook, you know, we had seven, eight seasons, and we kept everything. I'm talking – kickoff return yards, punt return yards, interceptions. We had the list of the top 30 at every position. It was so much fun. And I, I briefly hit on it in my ebook how uh, it turns out that a guy who was already my friend in high school was the jerk that was always renting that game when I would get there and it was gone. And that was the most devastating thing because you would you ride your bike up to the store for two or three miles to, just to get that game and it would be gone. I mean, it was very uh, – it was very deflating, and then it turns out, like I said, that was my buddy that was getting it, and then we just started teaming up, and and that's where you know the pursuit of fantasy football came in uh, from us teaming up and realizing, hey, you know, we can we can do this. Yeah, I I I think that was kind of our my first experience with fantasy football before we realized there would be a fantasy football. We bought teams, 
we we have 50 cent level teams, $1 level teams and $2 level teams. If you paid for your team, I, I can still vividly in my mind picture the pencil bag that we put this cash into. It was our school school logoed pencil bag. And I can remember that that money. We checked it every day when we got back over to our friend's house to play, make sure it was still all there. Then we sat down and we played for hours and whoever won the Super so, Bowl at the end of the year so got you all bought, that pencil bag money. <laughs> yeah. So so you bought your you bid on your teams for Tecmo. Yeah, we had you, oh, could, that's, you know, we, that's we cool. did we did, you know, you got your you got the first pick, whoever you wanted, but we had a list and we had valued the teams. You know, like you said, the Bills, they were a $2 team. 49ers, oh, sure. $2 team. Detroit Lions, $2 team. My Bengals, they were a 50 cent team. Oh, yeah. The, the first, the first yeah. year, we, the first year we decided we were both going to do an AFC team and an NFC team and go all the way through. But you can imagine basically you're playing four seasons all in one weekend. So we had to uh, kind of fast forward. But, you know, when you start off with the better teams, you can get to the point where you can go undefeated in that game fairly easily. So uh, by the time season four or five rolled around, we actually wanted challenges. So we started picking uh, the, the San Diego Chargers and the Green Bay Packers, who were terrible back then, the Indianapolis Colts, the New England Patriots, all these teams, you know, they've had some success on the field recently, but back in the very late 80s, early 90s, they were all atrocious. So that was the challenge, you know, when, when you could take the terrible team and you could actually turn them into a winner. That, that That's what actually became more fun for us. That was, it was definitely a fun game. I, I've never viewed or obviously never attended. The, there, there's still, there's a, there's a league out there for it that I believe they host like some huge championship oh, yeah. every year. I always tell myself I should definitely watch the coverage of that. Cause it would probably be entertaining. And my friends and I, we talk all the time about, Oh, we need to just have a weekend, <laughs> have a guy's weekend and center it around that game. That would be so much fun that at some point we'll all put the time in to actually make that happen maybe. But uh, you got to do it. Yeah, yeah, we really should. So um, that, that's the that's the Tecmo. That story is in his ebook, like he said. Hopefully as, hopefully his ebook gets mentioned 100 times in this podcast because I, I really want to convince you all to read it. Get it from him and read it. It's, it is really entertaining. So if you enjoy the stuff about Tecmo Super Bowl, <laughs> you will enjoy reading his ebook. So uh, now I do ask the next question, knowing that, like you said, you enjoy speaking about this, and that's fine by me. I might not actually speak again until the very end or until the timer <laughs> expires on the Hangout. You never know. But, uh, so how did you start? You called it the Elvis League. That wasn't the original name, but uh, how did you start Fantasy Football League? Well, you know, again, it, it kind of hits on Tecmo and the fact that at the time I was playing, you know, for my high school team, uh, you know, when you hit the age of 13, 14, uh, you know, you, you start to become obsessive uh, about a couple of things in, in life. And usually for most guys, that's going to be football and girls and, you know, no exception for me. Um, so, you know, we would, after practice, we would often play ourselves on football on the streets with with a nerf or with a real football preferably, but it just became a way to squeeze more football. And well, one day uh, I found this old notebook and I, I was going to write down some stats for Tecmo or maybe an RBI baseball uh, league that I had started. And of course I had to meticulously keep my stats because that's just what I do. Um, but I saw my brother, my older brother had already written in it and it didn't take me long to figure out what he had done, but there were names like, um, you know, 
uh, Roy Green and um, uh, Jim Everett, you know, guys that were prominent in, in the very late 80s and early 90s. And I started figuring out when they had zeros and sixes and 18s next to their name, what they had done was uh, fielded a, a football lineup with real players. And what they did on the field um, that weekend or that Sunday became their points. And I said, well, that sounds like an interesting idea. So, you know, I gathered my, my local crew of football players and high school buddies, and, and, and that's what we did. But not having ever even heard the term fantasy football, which actually I wouldn't even start to hear for years after we started this. A lot of people misunderstand me and think that I, I, I'm credited or try to credit myself with inventing fantasy football. And that's not the case. It actually was invented in the 60s or something like that but at the time before the internet you know you just didn't hear terms like that so there was no such thing there was no magazines at least not that i had ever noticed but um so we just kind of came up with some rudimentary rules and we just used those very simple um rules that that my brother's team had at, where a touchdown was worth six points whether it was thrown or run or distance you know, because back then you couldn't keep track of yardage. Um, it just wasn't possible. Uh, so we just said, you know, let's just make it easy. And, you know, um, we, we just started off with, you know, we just called some guys on the, on the phone and we're like, hey, we got this idea for football and, you know, we're going to create this team. And, you know, we had no rules. So, you know, some things were difficult. But, you know, we call up a guy on the phone. He's like, okay, well, that sounds fun. We'd say, oh, great, it's your pick. You know, that's the kind of notice that a couple of the guys got into the league. So, you know, we, there were some, there were some, um, some struggles at the beginning there, but the foundation was formed of a, a lineup, which, you know, we counted the skill position players back then, and run and shoot was very prominent uh, at that time. So you had your, your five skill position players and a quarterback and that's what we went with we had no defense I be, and we did have a kicker and only because that's what my brother's notebook had and <laughs> you know when you're talking rules where it's either a touchdown or nothing kickers actually were the mvps back then and and again 90s early 90s football was totally different than the uh, crazy numbers you see going on these days so you know by yeah, I- accident Coming up with with a you know a notebook that my brother actually should be credited with, whoever invented that. But um, you know we kind of just made up some rules and, and uh, I you know I took control of it and, and we took and you know just took from there. And that same league again you know we're about to enter season twenty six, so we must have done something right. Yeah, that that setup is it fits this you know podcast of unique. <laughs> For sure. You know, I'm trying to explore unique avenues of fantasy football where people that go beyond just something that everybody's used to now. And that the, the you know, I called it when we were talking the other day, you, you sent me a, a stat line of Antonio Brown, your whatever it was, 10 catches, 180 yards. Sure. And, I believe he had a, zero points. I believe he had a game this year where he had something like 16, 17 catches and 200 yards that would have scored you zero points in my league and that drives people bonkers but you see you have to understand um going back 26 years we found something back then that worked and we would have scores like 23 to 16. there's been some zeros in my league there's been teams have scored one and two it's happened not in some years but it's happened every once in a while you know once a season or so we still get a, a single digit a score even to this day because like you you just kind of hit it on the whole 
old school and different league. We haven't really updated the rules of this league. It has stayed touchdown only for 26 years, and people have tried to tinker with it over the years. They've tried to suggest PPR. It gets it gets shot down every time. So now, I think we've just kind of relished in, in in the old school factor of it, and we, yeah. you know we quit we quit trying to play with it. Now we kind of like the uh, the uniqueness of it. We do still allow all five. Uh, all five positions are flex positions. So if you want to start five running backs, go for it. You want to start four tight ends and a receiver, go right ahead. Five receivers, pretty good these days. Uh, that works for you. Eventually, we added a defense, but, uh, you know, again, all touchdowns, including passes, are worth six. So uh, that, that, that rule remained, and uh, that makes it very different in, in today's society. First off, because quarterbacks are so valued, but, but second off, that, 40 points is a pretty good week, you know, in oh, our league. Now, how do, how do defenses score? And now that since you added defense, is it, is it a defensive it's a, touchdown? Or? It's, the same, it's the same thing, buddy. It's a kick return or, or a fumble or interception return or safety. Wow. But there's been some controversy over the years because you'll see things scored in a different way, like, a, you know, offensive fumble recovery. You know, it's caused some headaches over the years. But, um, you know, we always work through it. We always let – Back in the day, the NFL box score on mm-hmm. the Monday, Tuesday newspaper that I would steal from my bus stop in high mm-hmm. school every morning. That was always the that was always the, the rule. That I, I always verified my scores with that with that stolen newspaper. And by the way, hopefully nobody that had any newspapers missing from Pasadena, Texas in the early nineties. Sorry about that. Um, I have a note. I have a note here to specifically ask you: did, did you ever return to that household and pay retribution in any way for the uh, missing sports pages? No, but I, you know, it'd be interesting. What would be the interest on stolen sports pages that are twenty-five years old? That, that would be that would be interesting. I always wondered if the person that lived at that particular house uh, was a sports fan and called up the Houston Post, which is defunct now. And complained that their newspaper uh, never had a sports page in it. But again, yeah, hey, we had to do what we had to do. You didn't have jobs back then. Uh, you know, I grew up, you know, very middle class. So spare money to go buy a newspaper and even access to get to a store uh, and get a newspaper in a timely manner uh, wasn't that easy. So, you know, we, we, uh, we, or I improvised and we, we made it work. I had to keep those newspapers too for a while because it was always, you know, good to have that backup because again, I couldn't just go to any football site.com and check stuff just wasn't an option back then. Yeah. That's, that's definitely an element that would be impossible in today's world as well. I don't, I don't know that you'd be able to walk down the street and grab a newspaper off of somebody's, uh, off somebody's driveway <laughs> and steal it. One, there would have to be a newspaper there. And two, my guess is somebody might come out screaming at you. So, uh, that would, that could be a fun challenge one day, but, uh, so, so you said that you guys have pretty much gone past the point of anybody even suggesting uh, PPR, anything like that, yardage bonuses. I, I assume then the league that you set up has been pretty steady. You know, you did speak about losing one guy because, well, I think he joined the military, mm-hmm. you know. So obviously, you know, makes it a little tougher back then. Uh, you know, how much turnover have you guys had in this league? Has it been steady and set now for a good enough amount of time that you don't ever have to worry about anybody suggesting rules changes again? Well, uh, again, when we started, it was just six of us. So, you know, we didn't know any any better. And remember, I had to go write these schedules, which was always a pain because, 
it was so easy to do my own schedule would be perfect. Then I would realize that the, the last two guys, team five versus team six, played each other like nine times. Like, hey, wait a minute. Something's not right here. But we started off as, as a six-person league, and then we expanded to eight and the 10, and then finally 12. But in that 26 years, um, three of us, uh, the founding people, have stayed in it. And we'll stay it in until he, and however long it goes on. Uh, another two guys have have been in it for all but two years. They joined us in year three, I believe. So they've been in it, you know, 24 years. Um, another founding member who who founded it with us in high school, and he ended up uh, going off doing separate things. He became a photographer. But you know, we touched base about a decade ago. He came back. Um, for the most part. There's been a little uh, turnover uh, in, in a couple of teams, but right now is probably the strongest it's ever been. I've got a, uh, 12 solid owners that, that we all get together and do a live draft every year. That may be another uh, unique aspect that we didn't hit on. And once you get you know, into your 30s and into your 40s and you get to be an older guy, it's really hard to schedule these sort of things. But we always manage to, to do that. And – for a big portion of us, me included, that's like uh, Christmas for us. That's the one day of the year that I can get out of the house and you know get away from the wife, get away from the kid. And I mean that in a nice, respectful way. But to, <laughs> to see the boys again, to get out there, to raise hell, uh, you know, to cook, maybe drink a couple of beers and have our draft, it, it always sounds good. In, in reality, a lot of times some of the guys get on my nerves so much that by the time the draft is over, which can be hours – Sometimes I just want to get the hell out of there and get home, but it is the one time of year that we can st still rely on uh, getting together and doing this live draft. And to me, it's one of the it's one of the the, the best days on the calendar. Something I, I yeah. just look forward to so much every year. I agree with you there. I the, the long-standing league that I'm in, I I'm coming up on, I think it's about 20 years or so in this league, that, and it was. Obviously, it started as a live draft because there was no other option back then. And we great. And I would highly recommend – I would highly recommend if anyone wants to put together a fun long-term dynasty that they think that they can see themselves doing for 10 or 15 or 20 years and they want to do that, I would absolutely recommend that they find a way to make it happen live because you can't recreate that atmosphere behind a computer yeah. screen. All your buddies are on instant message or uh, you know on the computer. You know what's what's funny. I say that is now we all twelve of us get together and ten or eleven of us have laptops right in front of us. But hey, course, you know it's still yeah. you know we we do go out and try to have some fun afterwards. And I would absolutely recommend it if anyone wants to build this kind of uh, a long term league that that's the kind of thing when you see each other face to face, it's just different. It's just a different camaraderie. And it's something that I, if possible, I would highly recommend, you know, relies on, uh, you know, probably remaining localized. Cause once you start moving away, that, that certainly becomes yeah. more difficult. The, but I had a, I had a buddy fly in. He, he, he moved out to Virginia. Uh, you know, I'm in South Texas and uh, he, he flew in last year. And uh, this is the same guy back in 1995 uh, before there was such a thing called cell phones. Well, they weren't prominent back then. This guy called via a satellite phone from Aruba and did his draft one year. This is a this is an A plus character right here. But uh, that, that that's how much that's how much out. he cared about the league. I, we never asked about what that cell phone bill was back. Uh, that satellite bill was, but it was probably yes. up there pretty high. 
Guessing way more than the, any league entry fee for that one. Yeah, that's the only. It's the only league. It's the only redraft league I still play in, and I don't see myself ever leaving that league. I co-own it with my best friend, and I mean, it's it's a given that we're gonna do it once a year. This year, we actually ended up doing it on a Sunday morning at like nine or ten a.m. because that was the only time that all of us could get together. Yep. And we said, you know what? Let's go ahead and do it. Still, it's a clockless draft no clock <laughs> so oh, wow it uh it, it, we, it weighs on now granted the clock starts ticking after a few minutes but that we, clock is just the chirping of the everybody else in the league we yeah we had to get pretty strict with with uh with the clock on mine because we do have a couple of owners that would on purpose uh agitate everyone else by taking too long and they do it on purpose as part of their strategy uh they like annoying other people, and, and, and me in particular, I'm very impatient. Uh, they liked annoying us. They like, they like to see our reaction, so it became part of their strategy. So we had to get pretty meticulous with the clock, and uh, we've actually had some people skip from time to time for uh, getting too cute with the clock, and that's started its own little problems. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings said that happened a couple of times. Well, we had we had our own little incident happen, but you know what? Hey, the clock rules all. You can't get your picking on time, and you're right here in the same room. No, no excuse. Somebody else had that card ready to run up to that desk, huh? Nice. I know. It's the same two guys every year, and if I pick behind them, I am always ready because I, I love burning like teaching them that lesson. Jump them. And you're li hopefully listening to their conversation and thinking, oh, who can I try and, you know, who are they targeting and for some reason just aren't taken <laughs> just to snatch it from them. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so so back to your Elvis League, uh, as as I read in your ebook, there was, like I said, some arrogant jerk that gets a little bit of a comeuppance for possibly <laughs> for a possibly unethical move. Uh, care to go into any detail on what that situation may have been? I believe you're referring to myself as the arrogant jerk, and it won't be the first time I've been called that. But uh, Ooh, I, I think that yeah, yeah, I think you nailed it. Whatever, whoever the uh, owner was that asked another owner to you know pull a Brett Favre and just kind of lay down. Yeah, see, back then, this this buddy of mine, he was um, he's no longer in the league. He's the one that ended up going into the military, and he actually came back briefly for the league. But uh, ultimately, it, you know, it wasn't working out. He ended up after he went into the navy. He uh, got married uh, relatively young, at least for us, and he ended up staying in San Diego. But this guy was was very very loyal to me, and he didn't care as much about football as I did. Um, every time we would get together and play techno. This guy, this guy would crash around week three or four. He would always pick the Dolphins because he loved Dan Marino, and he would always be after you know after about three or four weeks, he'd be like, "Nah, you guys go ahead and just auto skip me." So he wasn't the biggest football nut uh, of, of, of me. So. No. Yeah. Well, that's way that was the agreement. If you go to sleep, you're getting auto skipped. So, and he would voluntarily be like, "All right, whatever." But uh, you know, trying to take advantage uh, in the first. I don't remember exactly what year this was. I believe this was year three for us. I was frustrated as the only founding member who had yet to qualify for the playoffs. And I was right there struggling. And I thought that, that I would take advantage of his loyal loyalty. And I thought he wouldn't care. I'd be like, Hey dude, why don't you start, you know, your crappy players this week and, and help a brother out. And, you know, again, being 15, 16 years old at the time. I didn't question the ethics of it. I just wanted, I just had that tunnel vision of making the playoffs. I didn't want there to be a repeat winner before I made the playoffs. I mean, I founded the league, right? I should be the guy. But yeah, so 
he chose not to, and I'm glad that he did because by um, refusing to help me out by making the playoffs, his team snuck in, and his team wasn't very good, but it was just one of them teams that got hot at the right time, snuck into the playoffs, and what do you know? He made a, a, a two-week run, and his team ended up winning. And he was able to retire from our league, and he went off to the Navy uh, on the highest note possible uh, with a championship and, uh, you know, more power to him. Um, I, I, of course, should never have been in a position where I asked, you know, or implied that he should do his, bro his buddy a favor. Because in all reality, back then, I would not have done the same for him because I was so competitive. And even to this day, I'm, I'm fiercely competitive about everything. But certainly, not not my 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 proudest moment as a commissioner. Which I think, other than that, has probably been, uh, I won't say flawless, but has you know been without much controversy. And uh, I, I felt like it was it was good to come forward with that because no one's perfect, and you can get what over. What was the reaction of the other league mates? Uh, you know what? I, I don't know that they even knew it at the time. They, they know it now and we just laugh about it because, you know, that was 20-something yeah. years ago. Nobody cares. And to be honest with you back then, I think the reaction would have been, ha-ha, serves you right. Yeah. That Jamie, my best friend at the time, uh, ended up getting hot and becoming the champion. Because in, in reality, even if I limped into the playoffs, I probably would not have won. And like I said, it, it gave him that, that feather in his cap. And to this day, he, in, in a – 25 completed seasons, he is the only team to ever win a championship that is not still in the league. So, uh, you know, kudos to him for, for doing that. And, uh, you know, it was a nice lesson learned for me. And the reason I wanted to write about that in my little chapter of the ebook, because my approach to that ebook was to answer all the questions people had, like, how did you, how have you been in football for so long? And how did you do it back then? So, you know, that was the approach. So to me, in order to sit down and approach writing something, which I'd never done before, which is to write a little ebook, uh, was to just be honest. So I thought it was relevant to remember these stories, to go back through pictures and to go back through all these notebooks, which, you know, again, you never know. Uh, keeping something so old when it would come handy. And in this case, it was invaluable research that I had all the, the information back then. So I was able to remember these things. And, uh, you know, they came in so handy. And 